Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now What's up, and welcome to another exciting edition of Bearded B-Roll. I'm Kyle. And I'm Mike, just two bearded dudes here to chat about all the movies you love, hate, don't mind, or simply never heard of. Bruschetta. Provolone cheese. Provolone. Provolone. Remember like how you used to have that provolone cheese, and you'd be like, oh man, I got this great, amazing provolone cheese, it's super stinky. And then I'd come over, you'd be like, don't, don't even think about my cheese. I'm like... All you do is talk about your cheese, and then I come over and you're like, no, don't even think about it. I haven't gotten that cheese in a long time, actually. It's just your weird commitment to it, because you would just talk about it nonstop. Well, it and then good. you were super protective. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even bring it up. You'd just be like, you can't have my cheese. I'm like, I'm just out of your house, bro. <laughs> All right, so welcome to another exciting edition of Bearded B-Roll. I'm Mike. I'm Kyle. And today we're going to be doing What Have You Seen Lately, Volume 2. So, uh, well, what have you seen lately? Stuff. I watched more of them. Uh, I still can't get through it all the way because it is still a lot. I told you, though, like I contacted you, I, I said to you that even more horrible things had happened and intensify it. And the real thing with the show is I keep thinking like I've watched like a dozen episodes and then I and then I'm like, all right, I have to be done for a little bit. I need a break from this. and then. I've only watched one and a half episodes. So have you I'm actually like, wow. finished No, I haven't gotten all the way through yet. I haven't finished yet, no. But I'm working on it. It's just really difficult because it's a lot. It's, it's really intense. A lot of feelings it gives you. All right. Have you seen the Mike Tyson's mystery show? I've seen only pictures. It is like the best version of Scooby-Doo that I've ever seen. Is it from the In 80s? That- no. It's, it's like, current. It's current. Like it's on like Adult Swim. But it's great is like the whole time, like it's like really like um like Mike Tyson takes a lot of shots at himself, like making fun about like not being able to read and like being like whatever. And then like at the end of it, he's in it. Like he's the actual like playing himself in it. Cause at the end, they have him sitting there in the tracksuit that he wears in the cartoon, and he like just answers like stupid questions that relate to the show about stuff. He's like a pretty good sport, though. He he doesn't miss an opportunity to like rag on himself. No, it's actually hilarious. There's even like a part where like I forget why or what happens, but he's like, oh, his adopted Asian daughter, which I forget how that actually comes out. Um, Wait, he's like, he, you're gonna that, take a? Was that his real daughter then? In because he was in. Does he um, have one? Well, he was in he was in Ip Man Three, which is like a Donnie Yen film series. 
Um, the third one, I mean, there were four of them, but like only the first one was like really good. Then it started to like stretch it a little bit more to like fantasy. But he was like the the villain in the third one, and there was this great scene where like he was fighting Itmon, and they have two different styles. You know, Donnie Yen is fast and lighter. Mike Tyson's more like a bull in a china shop, and Mike Tyson, like they, everybody just knows he's Mike Tyson. The character's not like introduced. They don't mention that he's a boxer or anything, but like when they start to fight, he sets like a 30 second round timer for them to fight. Like, <laughs> so they find, they finish in like kind of a draw where they're both about to like take each other out. Then the bell dings and he's like, all right, you can go. You're all right. I'll stop. I don't think that's his daughter. Cause I'm looking up. He actually has daughters in this. It's an adopted daughter. So in real life oh, he okay. has children. So I don't, I don't think it is. But it, it, there's like a scene where, for whatever reason, he's like giving her the reins of the mystery team, and he's like, "Oh, you know what you need is you need you need to have my face tattoo." And he like draws it on her. He goes, "Oh shit, that's the wrong side." And then he draws it on the other side. And he goes, "You know what? You don't have the face for this." And he just scribbles across their whole face. Then, what's the like? What kind of mysteries do they solve though? So a lot of them are super dumb. <laughs> like at one, like it's not like Scooby Doo mysteries. Like nobody's calling them to hunt down monsters. Occasionally they are. But they'll get like this letter from pigeons, carrier pigeons, give them their, their messages. And like the one was like, a lady was like, my car is making a weird noise. Can you help me figure <laughs> it out what it is? Every time I take it to the mechanic, it stops. And so Mike Tyson comes and he's like in the car with her. And he's like, and she's like, see, it's not happening. And the baby screams. And then the one dude like plugs the baby's mouth. And then there's like no more noise. And the lady's like, did you hear it? And they're like, no, but you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have my team's going to take your kids into the mystery van. I'm going to stay here in the car with you. And so at this point I was like, oh, it's the baby, obviously. It yeah. wasn't the baby. <laughs> what had happened was her lawn gnome that defends her garden um, <laughs> got stuck in the car trying to run away from her dog. And he was like somehow stuck inside the engine and he would scream every time it would like heat up. And so they rescue him. And after he like explains that, like explains himself, the dog shows up because he just gets out of like the vet and eats him and everybody's like where'd he go oh he must be back and tyson's like oh he probably went back to defend your garden and at the same time i think it's like oh shoot what's his name the dude from billy madison that's not adam sandler anyway the he plays this pigeon who was cursed who doesn't believe in magic to be a pigeon and he's like are you sure because i just watched the dog eat him (laughs) and then there's like this one scene where Mike Tyson keeps getting into fender benders and in the fender benders, astronauts keep dying. So he's like, man, what is wrong with me? Why do I keep killing astronauts? And he goes to space. <laughs> uh, he steals, he, he knocks out Elon Musk. And he's like, oh, I think you killed him. He's like, no, nah, I didn't kill him. And he like steals the spaceship, goes to space and accidentally runs over like Charles Bronson from like, not Charles Bronson. Wow. I'm bad with names. Who's the guy that runs Virgin Mobile? Richard Branson. Richard Branson. He like runs him over and he goes, oh no, I got to call my insurance company. I killed another astronaut. And he calls him <laughs> his insurance company and the insurance company's like, actually, we were wrong. You've only killed one astronaut. And he's like, well, two now because I just did it again. And they're like, oh. And he's like, because the other one was um, the guy who went to space with Neil Armstrong because apparently I can't remember anything important today. Buzz Aldrin? Buzz Aldrin. He ran over Buzz Aldrin and <laughs> killed the Buzz Aldrin with you in today? an accident. I don't know because I keep forgetting things, but remembering unrelated facts. Um, so then they, he's on the insurance, the phone with the insurance company. And they're like, well, for one, don't admit to anything until we get this through your liability claims. And also, it turns out they've been astronomers, not astronauts. So Tyson's like, 
oh, so I don't have anything against astronauts, but why do I hate astronomers? And that's like the whole thing. <laughs> he randomly punches people to death all the time. Like accidentally? And he's like, yeah, and everybody's like, you killed him. He's like, no, I didn't. And he just walks away. <laughs> it's hilarious. And all the mysteries are like completely like ridiculous. Is this streaming on Hulu? Because I think yeah, they have Adult yeah. Swim stuff. Yeah. So that's been that's been my that's been my fun pleasure recently when I'm not watching super serious things. How many seasons does it currently have? I don't know. I don't look at that usually. I usually just watch till it's over and then I get sad if it's shorter than I thought it would be. I don't know. When I find a good show, I want to know like right away if I have like a big investment going on. Yeah, or if I'm gonna be like, Oh fuck, that oh. only had one season. Dude, I hate when like you get like a show and you love it, but it turns out like in general nobody else did. And so there's like one season. Like there was like a show where a family becomes superheroes and I loved that show. I think there's only like one and a half seasons of it. Did you see Alphas? Um, I think I started that show. Sci-fi channel shows don't count when you're going to talk about shows that get canceled too early. Well, no, but I mean, this one had like a what the fuck kind of ending. Like it ended on season two with like this guy created this machine that was going to kill pretty much everybody in the world except like super strong mutants and activates it at the end of season two and it ends with the one like super autistic character being like the only one left alive in like a sea of dead bodies walking around terrified and like that's the season finale that's like the series finale nice oh there's four seasons of mike tyson mysteries (laughs) of course his asian stepdaughter would be played by a white woman that's usually the case like on hey arnold phoebe heyerdahl was played by a white actress you know what show that I love for its um, weird, like, character casting for its characters is Bob's Burgers because all the male characters are usually voiced by ladies, or like most of them are, and most of the girl characters are voiced by dudes. Interesting. Was that like intentional, or did it just work out? That I don't way? know. It's just true. <laughs> I just Norm Macdonald is the pigeon. I can't even begin to imitate his voice, but I hear it in my head. All right, so what have you been watching? Oh, it has been canceled. 2020, May. So it just got canceled. Ton of dumb shit lately. I guess I watched Class of 1984. I should say I rewatched Class of 1984 um, the other day, which is, you know all those movies where like there's a teacher who goes to teach in like a troubled inner city school, and through uh, a lot of challenges and effort, they managed to like really get through to those students and, and, and teach them. And there's usually like one bad kid that like ends up going to jail or getting murdered or getting okay, arrested my or something. Captain. Yeah. Or, or well, it depends if it's the ones with that Asian dude, then they all end like, even the bad one turns around and there's like a scene where like they face off against like the leader of their gang or whatever. Are you talking about only the strong with Mark Dacascos? Hell yeah. I yeah. Well, Donovan still died in a fire in that one, but like, that's, <laughs> you know, that that's one of them. The substitute, even though that turned into like a let's kill all the drug dealers thing at the end, still had a bunch of troubled students that managed to turn it around. Um, you know, Dangerous Minds, Freedom Writers, uh, Stand and Deliver. Like, it's a whole genre of like teacher savior complex. So I'm not going to say you've, wait. you've just been watching these? Class, no, no. I watched Class of 80, 1984. And Class of 1984 is like if you took those movies and you actively removed every redeeming quality. <laughs> okay. It's about like, a guy who is like a bread-eyed, bushy-tailed teacher getting his first teaching gig in this like high school where everybody walks around with straight razors and like there are teenage prostitutes and like people just selling cocaine in the hallways. And Michael J. Fox is in it. He's only credited as Michael Fox. 
and he plays like a band geek because not all the kids are like assholes, but he's okay. And like, there's another girl in the class that's been teaching the music class, which is the class that this guy's hired to teach. But then there's just like these terrible students that like run this gang. And they, the director was totally influenced by Clockwork Orange because there's a scene where they go to the teacher's house at some point when he's getting ready to like have his first big concert at the school and they rape and kidnap his pregnant wife. And, um, they send their like one girl gang member down to the concert hall with like a Polaroid of the wife being raped by like every member of the gang and, uh, give it to him while he's like on stage. So then he runs to try to find his wife and she's like hidden in the building somewhere. So he has to run this gauntlet of like destroying these people. Uh, he like cuts one kid's arm off on a buzzsaw in the wood shop and then like throws his back onto it and kills him. Sounds like the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. Another guy gets lit on fire. Uh, in the auto shop, the girl tries to like ram the teacher with a car, but she ends up missing it, hitting a car on a lift. That car falls down on the fat kid. And then she's like kind of just getting crushed in the car. And then he like goes up to the roof where the girl is like, he's working his way up the building. And like the gang leader is there with the, with the wife. And they get in a fight and the guy falls through this glass ceiling, which I don't know exactly what the structure of the ceiling was because there was like a, like a skylight on the ceiling and then another ceiling below that, which went down to the gymnasium. So the guy like falls through the first one and he's like hanging there and he's like, you got to help me teach. You can't let me die. So the teacher and like the wife, oddly enough, is looking at him like you should help him. And I'm thinking, really, lady, like you're on his side. Can't just make him kill it. He just killed all those other kids, but not this one. So basically, yeah, and um, then he goes to help the kid. The kid, oddly enough, which makes no sense if he actually wanted to live, says, like, stupid teacher and, like, pulls a knife on him with, like, the hand he's not using to hold onto the thing. And then the teacher just punches him right in the fucking face. And he falls down through the glass ceiling, through the other glass ceiling, gets caught on a rope, and is basically hung up on a noose in front of the entire orchestra, like, in the middle of this concert hall. Did you know the theme song was produced by Alice Cooper? When does a dream become a nightmare? That's the lyric. I was actually watching this on Joe Bob Briggs' last drive-in show, and he was telling this whole story about how originally at the end, the gang leader had like just committed suicide as a way to like really stick it to the teacher, like like he was still in control of the situation. And apparently, like the screening audiences just hated it, so they brought back the main character, Perry King, is the actor's name, to reshoot the scene, and he just punches like directly at the camera, like we're the camera. And then they like edited that into the scene of the kid falling down. So everybody loved that ending, even though it's just like, he'd not teach those kids anything other than how to die. Cause like they were just irredeemable. <laughs> he taught them how to die. That would be great. Cause like, it's like an eighties movie. So it would have been so good if that was actually like a line in the movie. That'd be perfect. Like looking at pictures of this, I'm amazed this isn't a trauma movie. No, that's actually the feeling you get when you're watching. It is like full trauma, but it's not trauma. Um, it was, it's, and I watched it like a long time ago. And that's the funny thing. Like I watched movies a long time ago and I remember them being like significantly more disturbing when I was younger. And then I watch them now and I'm like, oh, that's really not that fucking bad. Who was like, I will give you money to make this. But then never came in to say anything during the filming. Cause I feel like whatever producer was on this probably really dropped the ball. They were like, Oh, we thought you were going to make like a Warriors type movie. That's not what this is. And uh, Roddy McDowell was in it. You know, Roddy McDowell, he um, was in a whole bunch of things. He played, uh, I think, Cornelius in the original Planet of the Apes movies. But he also played like uh, Peter. God, what was the guy's name in Fright Night? The guy who ran Peter Vincent. He was the guy who ran like the Elvira style oh, the uh, late night horror show. Yeah. So the kid wants to like 
you know, get him to help him fight the vampire next door. But Roddy McDowell plays this like biology teacher. And when the guy who's like the new teacher gets out of his car in, in the parking lot, he walks past Roddy McDowell, who's like taking a swig off of like the whiskey he keeps in his briefcase. And they just show a shot of like the inside of his briefcase where he has a nine millimeter just in there. Yeah, man. Teachers should be packing. I mean, because apparently the director was just like worried about like the future of the school system because this was called 19 class of 1984. But it was like made in 1982, so I guess it was like, "Hey guys, in two years, shit's gonna hit the fan." Or in something. two years, um, punk gangs are gonna run the world. <laughs> I mean, at least with like Escape from LA and stuff, they gave themselves a little bit of time. Like they made it in like what 98 or something, and they're like in 2012, and it's like that's long enough in the future that people might not complain oh about it gosh, five years I know. from now. My favorite thing is like watching old movies that are like in the year 2018 and you're like cool that happened i mean it was 40 years ago for you but like none of that happened (laughs) not even the cool parts but there's a scene where uh timothy van patten is like the main gang leader which i mean he actually was kind of that was the weird thing they made him like this despicable character but there was something about him that actually just kind of made him likable but not in the way that they intended it to so like when he was saying all these serious lines and shit it kind of just made me want to laugh but Right before the scene where they go to like assault the guy's wife, I guess this is when he like first gets it into his mind. The teacher says something to him like, you know, I'm going to get you for selling drugs to these kids because the student had just like climbed up the flagpole in angel dust and like fell down and died. Wait, um, wait, wait. Michael J. Fox is like best wait, friend. Wait, 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 wait. So I just realized something about this. So this guy, this kid has, so to be fair, this guy has like a pretty, pretty 2000s mindset because, uh, Basically, what he did was that teacher was like, I'm going to stop you from selling drugs. And he went, yeah, well, I'm going to fuck your wife. I don't understand the timeliness, though. Because that's just like a thing. Well, usually it's her mom, but, you know, whatever. It's essentially a your mom joke that the guy pulled on him. But, I mean, he performed uh. it. So it's, you know, it, it, the joke failed. It wasn't, it didn't work. I'm sorry. I tried. I tried. I thought I had something. <laughs> it was better this way. You should totally watch it and not because it's a great movie, but because it's just kind of like, and that, that, oh, uh, and the main, the main gang leader guy is like a, uh, like an overprivileged kid too. Like they show his house at one point and his mom's there and she's like, oh honey, can you get the door? And he's like, but I'm watching a movie mom. And she's like, oh, okay, sweetie. (laughs) But then at one point he, they, they like try to make it look like he wants to learn. Because he like goes into the classroom, his gang member friends are standing in the door and the teacher's like, you know, you got to get out of here. And the kid sits down at the piano. And starts playing like kind of a hauntingly beautiful musical composition. Like it's actually really nice. And he's like really, really talented. Right. And then he looks at the teacher and he says it like he's joking, but like his character looks like he's on the verge of tears. And he says, well, teach, did I get the fucking gig? (laughs) And I I think it was like sincerely an attempt to like reach out, you know? And the teacher's like, no, you didn't. I get the hell out of my classroom. I think the kid like offered him an olive branch. Like he genuinely had a chance to kind of get through to him. But this movie was like, no. Fuck He's that gonna kid. kill all these kids. These kids are gonna die today. <laughs> like it was, it was really bizarre. They will learn through violence. Life is pain. Pain is everything. You'll learn. It was really strange. So, what else have you watched? Um. Oh, and Michael J. Fox gets shanked in the kidney at one point. He deserved it. Um. 
No, he really didn't. They thought he was talking to the police uh, with the teacher, but he was really just standing there because the teacher was like introducing him to a cop while the gang members looked on. It was almost like he set him up. He was like, hey, look, a cop. And the gangs are like, oh, shit, he's talking to the cops. Basically. And they got like a 14-year-old kid to stab him too to make sure that he wouldn't have any like legal problems. This is like whenever you watch one of those shows and like there's like a scene where they're like, all right, you're going to be our informant. And then the cops purposely like take the guy outside to talk to him. And they're like, this is going to be great. Your friend in there is singing. He's singing to us. He's telling us everything oh, we cool. want to know. I'm going to kill yeah, the shit no, out was, of that guy. Um, other things. I mean, I got kind of on a loop with the Joe Bob Briggs thing because like, I had a lot of my favorite movies in a row. And this is a movie I've seen before. Um, but I watched it again because I wanted the commentary. But um, Chopping Mall from 1986. I have not seen that one. What's that about? It's... It, it, the, I mean, there's nobody in it that's like super, super memorable. I mean, Barbara Crampton is in it. Um, and the girl who played the younger sister in Night of the Comet, one of my favorite 80s movies. Mm-hmm. And um, it's basically, it opens up with them introducing this mall security thing. They're like, I don't know, these machines with, uh, shit, what do they call it when tanks have like the, the rolly things on them? Tracks? I guess. It had like tank tracks for feet. And there were these really like old school, super, super high tech for 1986 kind of robots. And um, they're basically explaining that they're going to keep the mall safe after hours. I don't know how many people are like trying to steal from the mall after it's closed. They I feel like most of that tank. happens while it's open. Yeah. So they have these three things and they are equipped with like electrodes that can shock people to make them go to sleep. They also have sleep darts and they fire lasers for some reason. And then the mall also has these super, super high security What's like this movie called? foot thick Shopping steel mall? vault doors that seal at night. Yeah, chopping mall, like with a CH. So there's like some kids that decide to stay in the furniture store they work in overnight. The one kid's dad owns it and they want to have like a little party fuck fest kind of situation. And they basically the, the, the robots are designed to only patrol the floor. Like they don't actually enter individual stores or establishments. Um, but then, you know, of course, lightning strikes the top of the building and then they all start to malfunction. So these kids are basically locked in there. Uh, fighting for their lives quite poorly against um, a bunch of crazed uh, I robots. have not seen a good, like, robot gone wrong movie in, like, a long time. There's usually, like, there's so many of them for a while, remember? There's always lasers. Yeah, no, it's been a while. They always do something fucked up with the lasers or, like, like, like saw blades. It's always lasers and saw blades. Well, this one, I mean, it's not, it's not a great movie, but it, it's a fun movie. It's got like a pretty, it's got some, some fun kills in it. Um, and I guess like a decent amount of breasts, not, not too many. It's not like, it's not like a, like a slumber party massacre where there was like an actual requirement for the amount that needed to be shown. Uh, no, no, there, there was not a certain boob there requirement. Quota. There's no boob um, quota. No, I don't know if we actually... I think there are four breasts. You counted them. You're like one, two, three, four. Two naked well, I know, ladies. I'm thinking. T- I think. I think. Well, yeah, I worked backwards from that. But you were. I don't know. You seemed to like make it numerical. So I was trying to fit the theme. <laughs> there was exactly four breasts. Two naked women. Four breasts. Six butts. Did you see? Did you see Night of the Comet? Um. It's from like 1984. The basic concept is that there's a meteor going over that hasn't been around since so, dinosaur times and like nobody's even remotely worried yes, about that but like so long ago that i have zero recollection of anything but yes well, i was just gonna say there were there were two 
two people from Night of the Comet in it, actually. One of them was a, a scientist that they encounter later who's already infected by the comet, but doesn't want to admit it yet. But I mean, this was a weird movie where a lot of the jokes just actually did not land, but there's a great head exploding scene. I thought about adding it to my um, honorable mentions for the other one. Hey man, they only had a budget, a budget of $800,000. For what the movie was though, that's actually kind of a lot. I guess they spent most of their money on lasers, to be perfectly honest. And they were like pastel lasers too. They were like bright pink and like, like Robin's egg blue razor, uh, lasers. Really? It, it wasn't like, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a weird choice. I guess they were trying to go with the whole like, you know, 80s color theme. The posters for this movie look incredible though. Is it the one with like the hand holding the bag? No, the robot holding a hand. Uh, there's tarantulas on the floor. There's lasers flying by and a lady totally got her face blown off from him. The one that I'm looking at. Killbots. There were a lot of funny scenes in this. Like, I didn't understand, like, the age group, to be perfectly honest. Like, you always want to assume that they're, like, supposed to be teenagers, even though they always look older. But this one, it was, like, a combination of maybe teenagers, and there was also, like, a married couple there hanging out with these teenagers. So I didn't really get what the... And, like, the married couple own their own auto body shop, because at one point they're sitting in a the pizza place, I think, hiding behind, like, some tables. And... The guy's trying to calculate like how many tune-ups worth of damage they caused to the mall to know what they're going to owe. And it was just a weird <laughs> culture moment because like most people would think about how they're going to sue the mall and get a lot of money, but not these people. They're like, oh, fuck, we're going to owe this mall like $2 million if we survive this. They didn't survive it, but. Yeah, so I was looking up, uh, looking up robot movies for maybe like a future list, and I just found out that... Uh, you know how you didn't know there was like a million Silent Night, Deadly Nights? Well, apparently in five, it's killer robots. You know, a movie I've been wanting to rewatch for a while was uh, Deadly Friend. What's that one? I think it starred, actually, retrospectively, I haven't seen it in a long time, but in my brain, I remember it starring the same kid that played Charlie in the original Fright Night and Christy Swanson, I think her name was, the girl that played Buffy in yeah, like the original movie Swanson. with Rucker Hauer and Pee Wee Herman. Okay, I think she was in it. And the basic concept is like this kid works on like his computer a lot and he's like kind of a hacker. And I think at one point his friend gets in a car accident and I want to say she's like, no, she dies, she dies. And he breaks into this military facility and like steals munitions chips or something and like decides to rebuild her brain. But she's like flawed, you know, she's mostly cold and robotic when he like gets her back to life. So it, it's like he created a monster robot basically that's usually how that happens when you try and rebring someone back to life with robots which we are so close to actually doing in real life now if you've heard anything about that bringing people back to transferring their brains or at least their memory into computers and shit sounds horrible yeah but that doesn't account for consciousness though did you see that terrible movie replicas with keanu reeves probably how old is that one uh i don't know maybe five or six years his family like dies in a car accident and he like brings them back by like scanning their brains right away and like definitely not this sounds terrible that sounds like a movie i would have like read the list on and been like nah (laughs) well the funniest thing about it is he like didn't get to scan the consciousness of like his youngest daughter because she was like her brain got damaged in the accident so he has to like try to edit her out of everybody else's memories and like get rid of all the pictures of her that are around the house like he like brings the wife back to life, and she's like walking around like I feel like something's missing, and I just can't put my finger on it. And he's like, "Whoa, that's weird." Isn't there like another movie where like the whole premise is like they're like erasing 
your memory so that you forget like someone that you loved or whatever. So, like, uh, I didn't watch it, but that's what Eternal Sunshine of Spotless I Mind did watch is about. It, yeah. I really want to see that because um, I, you know, I love that writer. But um, I mean, there's a bunch of movies like that 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 do it like worse or better. Like that stupid movie Paycheck with uh, Ben Affleck. That was that was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. I barely that's remember where that. He works on like high tech. I like rewatched it recently and actually watched it for the first time recently. And I still don't remember it. <laughs> All right. We're, we're losing track of things now though. Um, I don't know. I watch a lot. I watch Bob's burger usually when I'm like trying to put that, like, something in the background to not pay attention to. Um, and the other thing is I started watching that show, uh, invincible. Have you heard about that one based off like a comic book? And it's kind of got like a Superman origins, but it turns out like, a little different because the dad who's like this, this super superhero that can like destroy all the other superheroes is actually sent to earth in order to take it over. But then he falls in love, has a kid changes his mind. And then. So it's Brightburn, But like, if he grew up. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, he was an adult when he went there. So he has a kid on the planet and the kid doesn't become Brightburn. He, he wants to be a good guy because that's what he thinks his dad is. And then his dad, like, it's like, oh, well, your powers are developing, so people are going to start like coming here to ask what I've been doing, so I should probably get into taking this over. And so like that's as far as I've gotten. I haven't gotten to like the full-on like dad versus son fights yet, but like from what I heard, it's it's pretty good from other people that have been watching it. I saw a clip where the dad beat the shit out of him on like a subway track and then like held him up. And the train's going through them. And he's just standing there holding him as the train goes through him. And people are like getting exploded inside the train as the train oh, continues to not it's stop. It's so violent. The scene where he destroys like their version of, uh, of the justice league is fucking amazing. Like their Batman, he, uh, he like Hawk smashes that guy, like just like grabs him by the leg and just like one floor. And then the next and his like head explodes. Well, I, I do want to check it out. You know, that was actually based on a comic by Robert Kirkman, the same guy that uh, did the walking dead. Comics. Really? I did not know that, but uh, yeah, that's why I do I, know it's based off a comic book. Glenn does the voice of the, oh, really? the son, like Glenn nice. from The Walking Dead. No, yeah, the show's good. It's funny that they decided to go cartoon route with this when they did a really boring, long, drawn-out show for The Walking Dead. That could have been a cartoon. Yeah, I can't even be like happy that that's ending because they're doing like two spinoffs of it or something. There's already like two spinoffs. They're doing an additional two spinoffs? Well, there's uh okay, there's the new Brave New World or whatever it is where it's mostly about there's the kids. Fear the Walking Dead, which is like before about. the thing took place, right? No, no, no. I actually liked that one in the beginning. That one's uh, the same timeline, but if it had taken place in like Southern California, so it's just like a totally different cast. I think at one point, shit, who's the guy that? Yep. Holy fuck! What's what's the main character's name? Andrew Lincoln's character. Rick. Yes. Okay, so the guy, Morgan, that Rick meets like in the very okay, beginning yeah. when he still has the son, that guy somehow makes his way over to Fear the Walking Dead because I saw his picture on, on the, the little cover art for it on Hulu the other day. This is like one of those things, though, like now, like I'm like, I don't know if I could even try and get into it because it's been on for so long and there's so much and all of the spinoffs. I wouldn't even know. Like I've had other shows where it was like that, where there's like a, a bunch of spinoffs and I'm just like, yeah, that's too much for me to try and figure out where to go with. It's one of the reasons like I don't even try and catch up in the Marvel movies. Like one, not that interested. Two, it's just too much work to figure out what order I'm supposed to watch them in. And everything's on Disney Plus now, and I'm not going to order like another streaming service just to see the next part yeah. of something. 
But um, The Walking Dead, they're doing like a like a spinoff that follows the children, like the first generation of kids born in the apocalypse and like their adventures. I don't know. It's just it's like just let it fucking die already. Like it, let it just like be over. Let it just have a good decades run. ago. Everything that's in this show now, it's like uncanon. Uh, the comic did not. The comic, the comic, I don't think ended decades ago. Because I was still reading new ones a couple of years ago. I used to go to Barnes and Noble and read them for free. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, I was, uh, so I started it, but I, I only got like five minutes in. I started rewatching uh, House by the Cemetery, which was another one of those like Italian director, like filmed in America kind of movies. It takes place in like uh, somewhere in, in Massachusetts, like outside of Boston. And the plot's kind of irrelevant. There's really not a good, like a good plot. There's like a weird crypt in the house. There's some kind of like evil guy living in the basement that, I guess uses people to continue to make himself live, but he also has like a weird face where he has like no mouth. He looks like he has a gas mask attached to his face. That doesn't get revealed till like the end. But the best part about it is the uh, the dubbing because like it's British actors and stuff, and they wanted them to sound American, so everybody's voices are dubbed. So there's always like a weird quality they to it. Dubbed over British actors. Yeah, because they wanted them to sound American. It was so strange. So like the dubbing matched what they were saying, but it, it just like it just felt so unnecessary. You're like, it fits, but it doesn't fit. And there's this little, like, boy named Bob, and I don't know if he's psychic specifically or if a spirit's just reaching out to him, but this kid is just, like, seeing ghost pictures in the picture of the house they're supposed to go to, and it's, like, screaming, don't go to him, and the mom's like, what's wrong? Are you daydreaming again? He's like, no, mommy, I just don't think we should go to the house, in, like, this really, really (laughs) high-pitched voice. And then later, his parents, like, leave him in the car while they go into the realtor's office to talk about renting the house. And he hears this little girl talking into him and she's like, oh, I'm on the other side of the street. And he like turns around and sees this girl like two blocks away and he can hear her like she's right next to him. And he's like, oh, hey, you're the girl from the picture. And it was just like really, really strange. Like it was like the kid didn't know alarm bells went off for this kid. Like obviously something is not right, but like this happens to him all the time or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's just like yesterday. <laughs> it had, you kind of sounded like him a little bit there. But it had a fun gore factor to it. Like there was a, like a, a decent amount of like blood and guts. And yeah, you know, like one of the first things that happens is like this couple, like I guess broke into the house to have sex. It's not really explained. And like the guy comes walking out like some kind of zombie and the girl gets like a knife through the back of her head that comes out of her mouth. And I love those kind of things collapses. though. And it was like pretty convincing too. I love, I love the like through the head in like out the mouth type stuff. I don't know why. Oh man, don't you remember that effect in uh, Friday the 13th part, I want to say six, but it might not have been six, where like the girl's riding on top of the guy. Maybe I, You know, I forget, it, doesn't, it might have been seven. But the girl's riding on top of the guy, and like Jason just like goes through the tent and slashes her in half while she's on top of him, and they just had this great prosthetic where she gets cut from like clavicle to navel, and her body just kind of splits in half. Apparently it was a much longer effect that they had to like delete most of to get through the ratings board and unfortunately this was like a period of time where they didn't save things for director's cuts so it's just like that sucks it's just lost but it was it was pretty cool you gotta hate like there's like i hate the ratings boards there's there's so many times the director's got like something awesome they're like yeah but they're gonna give it a porn rating so better not well that's like you know the fucking bbc broadcasting company like just dumped a whole bunch of Doctor Who episodes and like never archived them. 
I saw this thing on Amazon the other day where it was like a an animated reenactment sort of of like some lost Doctor Who episodes, which is a cool concept. Not as like satisfying as being able to see the real thing, but you know, I, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I know, I know in the height of like my watching Doctor Who, I was trying to find the old ones and I found out that you can only get like random old episodes, not like full series of it. Yeah, it's so weird. Like BBC just like they just dumped shit. They were like, Well, we don't need this Our most anymore. Iconic and, like, and longest lasting show, you know what? <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah i don't actually that's one of those things i don't understand i think they still made movies though in like the in the the interim between like the old ones and the new one because they always like it's always like like prefaced as being like the longest running sci-fi show in history but like there's like a 10-year hiatus or like whatever so like that's like a weird thing about it but like the new show is supposed to just pick up where the old one left off or something doesn't it with an idea uh, of it. I'm saying new relative, like, in real, like, because that came out in, like, what, 2005? Four? Well, yeah, but I mean, the the previous, most recent one, I think, might have been a movie called Something the Time War, and that was, like, 1989 or whatever, so, I mean, it was still, like, almost 20 years later, so. I think calling it the new one isn't isn't the most off we could be, you know? Yeah, it's just weird that they, like, they label it as if, like, it never ended. Like it's the Simpsons. Okay. Well, let's, we should probably have a parting thought. I suggest you watch the Mike Tyson mysteries. Cause it's hilarious. And I'm going to recommend checking out Joe Bob Briggs last drive in on shutter. If you have it, but I'm pretty sure chopping mall on its own is just part of prime. Maybe not. If that doesn't work, check out house by the cemetery, which I know is definitely on prime. And I think class of 1984. So get your 80s binge going. Anything where people get their heads ripped off, uh, lasers blow their heads apart, kids take angel dust and climb up flagpoles, or teachers just decide, fuck this, nobody's going to learn and murder everybody instead. Yeah, it's uh, way better than when the kids learn something and like try to turn their lives around. It's better if the teacher just murks them. Get rid of the bad seed. It was sort of like a, it was like a plot twist when you think about (laughs) it. it. Because if you've seen all these other ones, you're like, all right, I know where this is going to end. And you're like, you just fucking hung that kid. (laughs) That kid didn't learn anything. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, I think that was was a good way to take it. I don't know what the ultimate takeaway from the movie was, other than, like, our school system's going down the drain. Murder the bad kids and we'll be fine. That seemed to be the takeaway. I don't know if that was the intended takeaway. I think it was kind of just meant to be, like, a scare movie. You know how they made Reefer Madness in the 50s so people would, like, Think they were going to jump out of a building if they smoke yeah, pot? Yeah, and then they turn Reefer Madness into a comedy musical, which is the only one I've seen. I don't think I've seen the original. Oh, I saw the original one. It was hilarious, man. You got people with like dark circles under their eyes, scratching their forearms like crackheads, just like jonesing for their next fix of weed. Like they treat it like totally like a hardcore, like heroin type situation. And then the guy ultimately, like, I don't know if he was paranoid or just depressed that he didn't get marijuana. But it like ends with the main character like jumping out of a window and killing himself. And they're like, and that kids is why you don't do the reefer. Harry, Harry Anslinger. I'm pretty sure he's like the guy who's like, yeah, we need to make a movie about this. But that dude was the dude who had had like super classic quotes about why marijuana should be illegal because it makes white women want to hang out with black men and listen to jazz music. It has nothing to do with weed. And then I think he blamed like, like immigrants a lot for like marijuana use and corrupting people 
And jazz music. A lot of jazz music. I guess it was the time. Well, it didn't have any rules, man. Freeform jazz. <laughs> Makes it dangerous. Things with no rules are dangerous. So, a lot of jazz music just sounds like noise. <sighs> this has been another episode of Bearded B-Roll Star and me, Kyle, um, and that other guy. Um, you can follow us on our socials, Twitter and Instagram, at Bearded B-Roll, or you can send us an email at beardedbroll at gmail.com. Give us suggestions for movie ideas you'd like to hear us talk about, list topics you'd like to hear us talk about. You can also find us at beardedbroll.com or uh and look for us anywhere you find podcast uh, all right i'll talk to you tomorrow when there's nobody here and you can not say things like what's that noise you also didn't save this yet it's still recording uh. <laughs>